Pacers schedule is out and it's time to break it down and see what it all means. The hard parts, the important stretches, the back-to-backs and how it all changes the perception of the Pacers season. It's all coming on today's Locked On Pacers podcast. You are Locked On Pacers, your daily Indiana Pacers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Happy Monday, everybody. Welcome in to another edition of the Locked On Pacers podcast, where we, of course, talk about the Indiana Pacers, as always. My name's Tony East. I cover the team for Forbes and SI, and today it is my favorite show of the year because I learn the most from this show than any other show, and I'm the one talking a lot while learning. Pacers schedule breakdown. Game by game. It sounds ridiculous, but it's so informative. You get to hear about all the Pacers back-to-backs, where all their tough stretches are in relation to the rest of their season, how the road trips play into everything, when they play teams more often than not, for example, all their Nets games are really late in the season. All sorts of interesting things about the Pacers schedule, because it's now out. And Adam Friedman, one of the old co-hosts of the show and a former writer, Andy Cornrose, is going to join us to break it all down game by game, predicting wins and losses every step of the way and looking back on our predictions from last year i learned a lot i know you will too and let's just get right to it my personal favorite show of every single year it's the pacer schedule breakdown show learning where the hard parts are the easy parts the medium parts the where the heck are you getting these predictions tony parts it's my favorite show of the year and joining me for our fourth i think fifth we tried to figure it out before we did a terrible job uh we skipped the covid year because the schedule was insane predictions schedule show you've probably heard his voice here before used to be at indie corners it's adam friedman adam welcome back the king of the schedule predictions yeah i was informed i've won two in a row two in a row last year we predicted the schedules we were both low on the pacers adam predicted they would go 20 and 62 and i predicted they would go 26 and 56 and yet still despite them blowing those win totals out of the water adam correctly predicted 43 of the pacers games and i only correctly predicted 42 and you got the last three games right, and I got all three of the last three games wrong, and that is how we got you to a victory. It's crap. April killed me. I guess I know how to pick when the Pacers might lose, basically. Well, just, your, just your, predict, your prediction was that the, that their <laughs> opponents would be tanking, and the Knicks were not tanking, and that very much influenced the end of the season. Oh, yeah. I guess that makes sense. I mean, they were the, op- they were the opposite of that. Yes, yes. Yeah, yeah, they ended yeah. up being quite good. I've been had. Either way, I'm coming back for victory this year. How we do this is we run through the schedule game by game. And it sounds boring, but it's important because you can see where the hard stretches are. You can see where back-to-backs are against opponents that might normally be inferior or teams you think of as free wins. You might see the end of a road trip against a crap opponent or see the first game back from a long road trip against a crap opponent. It's just a good way to break it all down. And we can talk about quickly every Pacers fan's favorite topic for some reason, national TV games. Before we dive in, Pacers have won January 30th in Boston on TNT against the two seasons ago, Eastern conference champion, Boston Celtics. They're one of eight teams who have one national television game. Adam, before I let you opine about this, I will first opine about this. This doesn't surprise me at all. If you gave me an over under of two and a half national TV games for the Pacers, I would have said under, uh, of the eight teams that have one game, all eight of them were in the lottery last year. The five other teams, since the Magic had two lottery picks, that also that have more than one 
national TV game. The New Orleans Pelicans, who have Zion Williamson and is a team that a lot of people like to watch. The Dallas Mavericks, who have Luka Doncic and Kyrie Irving and are a team that a lot of people like to watch. The San Antonio Spurs, who have Victor Wembanyama and most of their national TV games are early in the season because people like to watch the number one pick. The OKC Thunder. That one surprised me a little bit that they have eight, but they deserve a lot. They're good and up and coming. And they have Canada's best player. And the Utah Jazz, who have two instead of one. Whatever. Are you surprised the Pacers did not get more than one national TV game? No, they haven't made the playoffs in two seasons now. They uh, won. Whoa, whoa, oh, whoa, whoa, whoa. Three That'd seasons. Three I'm sorry. They missed. Now. You're right. They lost the play, and they've made it in three <laughs> seasons, technically speaking. Yeah. Uh, they haven't won a playoff game in, I don't know, what, what since 2017, 18, right? Five years. <laughs> All right. It's been five years. Yeah. Uh, no, they have a up-and-coming star who we hope becomes a superstar. But besides that, what they don't have much attraction. I mean – with the NBA, you never know second half of the season if they start off really hot, right? Like they did last year a little bit, and they're in the mix at the 4-5. And see, they could get a couple games flexed national TV, but on the surface, their over-under is like 37, and that's not usually that would be enough maybe to make the plan. And no, it's not surprising. They will be a blast to watch. Like they're going to score an F-ton of points. Tyrese Halburn is a delight to watch. Like that is generally a good TV product. But, but there's a lot like- of teams like that now. Like the league is... In general, is a high-scoring, faster league, so it's not that is true. But the thing is, like, what people tune into on those national TV games is like established stuff, right? Like they know what they're going to see when they flip on the TV, and that's not really known with the Pacers yet, despite how good they were last year at times when Tyrese Halliburton was playing. His current stint with Team USA, there should be a scent of the team next year. I'd imagine next year when we do the show, this number will be closer to. What they have that first year after Depot was awesome? Eight, yeah, not, right? Yeah, they'd, have, they'd have to win that many games and be that high of a seed. Like, uh, yeah, maybe. And we were talking before the show. I mean, I don't. We, we're not going to try to base our picks on how many wins we think they'll have, but if they're even like the what we, best case scenario, seven, eight seed. Okay, okay. Say, the, the Atlanta Hawks have five this year. How about five? Yeah, but Atlanta Hawks have Trey Young. Tyrese Halburn's better than Trey Young, right? I now. know, but Trey Young's a more known quantity right now. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you're right. By the time the playoffs come, by Halburn definitely could be by next year a better quant- no quantity. But Trey Young is a, you know, he was an established star. He came in the league as like a college, like a, a well known college player, right? He's that is true, averaging 35 points a game, I think, for Oklahoma. If I remember right. Like, so so if they if they make the play in and they grow as it looks like they should, I think they'll have more next year. I was surprised. This always sounds mean. I was surprised people were surprised it was only one, although I get the argument for them having more than one. That is the end of the thing that fans want to know about. The other thing fans like to know about is back to backs 13 tied for the lowest in the league. One of the very few teams who actually have fewer than last year because back to backs are up around the league because of the in season tournament. Uh, they have to slam them because they don't want any of the in season tournament games to be nice that a team would ever consider resting someone. So none of those are back to backs. They are sk- spread out elsewhere. Pacers, though, doesn't matter for them. They once again travel the least miles because they're in the Midwest and they have a lot of opponents who are super close, which is very convenient. Uh, And they have the fewest back-to-backs in the league. So a lot of that stuff that is totally out of your control and is kind of based on travel and stadium availability, Pacers rank very well. So that is, despite the national TV no love, very good for them in terms of actual product and winning. Yeah, I mean... it's been sort of now that the league has paid attention to it and teams rest players on certain nights, it's become less of a thing where you lose you lose both or you win both back or you don't win both back to backs, right? Like there's yeah. been enough sort of like I think there was probably in the let's call it like ten years ago, like a like kind of like a sports science way 
to sort of be like, oh, this team's going to lose because they're playing three and four nights, but the league has done a nice job trying to spread out. Teams understand mm-hmm. that better. So there's less of an advantage and disadvantage to the back-to-back stuff, I think. But it does help to be in the middle of the country. It's kind of why, like, um, the Warriors 73 and 9 is more impressive than the Bulls 72 and 10 because the Warriors are on a coast versus the Bulls are in the center of the country and did not have to travel near the amount of miles the Warriors did. Probably not as nice a plane as the Warriors, but still. So it's it helps to be in the Midwest, I guess, for this case. I think I bring that up every single time we do this show. The first time that Warriors team lost was the end of a seven-game road trip out east against Milwaukee, who wasn't yeah. even that good that year. And it was our last game of a road trip because it's super hard to win every game of a long road trip that's really far away and you're traveling all the time. Like, even if it's NBA dudes staying in luxury hotels, like, it's just hard. It just is. And the Pacers do have the advantage of having less distance of travel just because of where they are, at least in the league this year. 17,000 miles less than the Clippers, which is insane. But uh, it still is very taxing. And that can also be... A part of your schedule. I didn't even bring this up. Like they have this in Philly. They play two games in Philly in three nights. And those often are splits in the NBA just because it's hard to beat the same team twice in a row. So that can be an advantage for teams if you just happen to get the right opponent in that way. Anything else you want to break down big picture before we dive in game by game? How much do you think? Like we don't have a set five lineup. We have an idea of who the top, who the starting five is going to be. How much does that factor into your decisions at this moment? Because I'm trying to decide, right? Like we we know, let's say like three or well, four spots, but like how much is that going to matter knowing who the starting five is based on like these games and how they go? Because it's a it's sort of up in the air at least a little bit. You know, it's funny because one of the Pacers' best stretches last year after the Zerbiak stuff and before they um and right after they switched Jalen Smith out of the starting five. Yeah. That was their like best stretch of the season, right? Like mid to late December to like right when Halburn got hurt, they looked great. Yeah, they were and 23 so, and 18 at one point, right? That was yeah, sort of the yeah. peak of the season. Yeah, at halfway, they were over 500, like looking good. And of course, it was like literally right at the halfway point when he went down. So uh, my prediction for the starting five is uh, Halliburton, Brown, Matherin, Toppin, Turner. But if they discover that that isn't working and they switch something up, that did help them last year. So I'd assume they would do that at a similar amount yeah. of games played. That would be like January now because the calendar's pushed back a little bit. But, you know, that I guess would play in. But, it's you know, that stuff can be hard to predict. Yeah, I mean, I guess it, there's no chance they end up starting Buddy Heald. There's not no chance. Okay. He's good. And Paris no, right no, I just, that's, that would be the one I, I would think of, I guess, is like... But who would you not start? No, I would start Matthew over Buddy Hill. I just, okay. I don't know. I don't know. I mean, you know, you're paying a $19 million. I don't know. I mean, what to do. And then we'll see how much they play. The, 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 the swings the to me would right. be, would be Buddy somehow starting and, and top and versus Walker, depending yeah. on who fits with who and how that actually looks. But you, you can't think Walker's ready to start, but maybe they just want him to start. They didn't even start Matherin last year. <laughs> would be yeah, which, which I think worked at least initially, right? But it did. I mean, it depends. Sometimes you may want to start the rookie to get him. Because you have the ability and the time, and you want to give them the the space to make mistakes and grow, I guess. So and it can be to me the trouble they'll have is most of the players on their team will have a better net rating playing with Tyrese Halliburton than not. So it'll be like whose difference is the smallest? Like who can they play the most effectively without him? And that could be just how they decide is not actually who the best five is. It's who's the best five without their best player, and then that just becomes your bench. So maybe they feel that out a little bit. I don't know. They have a lot of figuring out to do you know what they don't have to figure out is who they play on opening night my washington wizards it's always fun two years in a row hosting the wizards to open the season october 25th so weird that it's pushed back but that is a part of the new reality of the nba calendar last year adam we both 
predicted a victory on opening night and they lost to the Wizards. And we both predicted they would beat the Spurs in their second game. And they lost to San Antonio Spurs. The red flags about their defense started up right away. They played three games to open up the season in October versus the Wizards in Cleveland and then versus the Bulls at home. How do you predict we will see the Pacers season start? I want to say win. The Wizards are not going to be very good. I mean, they're they're intentionally not going to be very good. I mean, unless Jordan Poole has what? What a bold yeah. prediction. <laughs> I know. I'm real, real bold. The team predicted having me win 24 games, maybe the worst in the NBA. I, I yeah. like glanced at over-unders before this. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I think it's a home game you should win. And it's a nice way to start the season because I don't think it's going to get much easier the next, you know, four games, give or take. So, like, this is the one you kind of can get. And hopefully this is – so I, I would say win. Funnily enough, their their start isn't super hard, but it's tough. I also think they should beat the Wizards. It's going to be very funny to see Pool plus Kuzma plus whatever the heck they try to do. But uh, if their defense stinks on opening night again, those two could go off for a bajillion points and they could lose. But I will once again predict one. In fact, I think that might be their only win until they play Charlotte on November 4th because their schedule's tough and they match up poorly with Cleveland. The swing game being Chicago, their third game of the season. How do you see this opening stretch, which is at Cleveland versus Chicago at Boston versus Cleveland and no back to backs in that run. Hey guys, one short little break here so I can talk to you about bird dogs who make some of the best pants and shorts out there that make you look good. And their stretch khaki shorts are designed to fit slimmer through the thigh and leg to give you a truly sculpted look. They're like Lululemon. They do the exact same thing, but they fit a lot better. They fit way better than regular shorts because they're not made of stiff, restricting cotton. Instead, they fix that issue by inventing cloud knit fabric that looks just like khaki but stretches. You get a slimmer fit without having to sacrifice movement. And how do I know that? Because I wore them twice this weekend to go play pickleball. I'm not ashamed to admit I played pickleball. And I wore bird dog shorts while doing it. They use anti-stink sweat wicking fabric. It helps you stay cool and dry all day long. You've got to try them. Go to birddogs.com slash NBA or... It's the promo code Lockdown NBA when you're checking out, and you can get a free white tech hat with your purchase. I have one myself. That's birddogs.com slash Lockdown NBA or promo code Lockdown NBA for a free white tech hat with your purchase. You won't want to take your bird dogs off. I can promise you that. So, part of me wants to say they won't lose to Cleveland twice in a week. Cleveland is a much better team. Um, they just are a tough matchup. Like, they've struggled with the two big yeah. things for years and years now. Yeah, no, and Cleveland, is, I mean, Theoretically, they should lose probably to all four teams between now and Charlotte, or yeah, all four Ow. games with, with three teams, right? And I, I, part of me wants to pick just because I feel like when you play a team twice in a week, it's it's not quite like playing back to back games, but it's enough where you see them, you make adjust, like right, like you don't get this like this variable where you just sort of like see a team and don't know how to match them, right? Maybe you see them and you can make some slight adjustment, especially that quickly. But um, I think they probably lose. I mean the next four, right? I think they go down in Cleveland for sure. Chicago, they probably lose. They go down for sure in Boston, and then I think that Cleveland's probably close. But they also lose that that game. I'll break a difference in you. I think they're better than Chicago now. I've said that when I did the the Eastern Conference predictions. Like Chicago's good, yeah. But the, the Pacers got better than them. I just think they they passed them. Well, the Bulls were better than last year, so maybe they caught up to them. Really, they were better over the whole season, but the, yeah. the, the season record was three-one Pacers in that series. No, but I mean, like the Bulls were <laughs> uh, the the Bulls made the playing game. They were the better. I mean, I have to put that. Blah blah blah. You and your facts. <laughs> I understand what you mean. They they beat him, but like I, I, now I'm trying to pull my head if there was any injuries or now how dependent that was on certain <laughs> nights because like it's hard to. So like. Like Cleveland is better than the Pacers, but like they get a tick above teams that are just as good as Cleveland on talent because they're a worse matchup than some of those teams. Whereas the Bulls, 
get the opposite effect where like they might be as good as some other teams, but I knock them down because they're a better well, matchup. And part of the question with Cleveland too is, are they going to be the third best team in the East next year? I mean, that's sort of up for grabs, maybe. right? We Milwaukee, Boston, Miami, Philly, and then they're there, but are they going to maybe pass? I don't know, Miami and Philly. I mean, they, maybe they'll, I think they'll pass Philly based on the way the situation is going there, but Embiid's really good. So you huh? know, he could drag them to, to, to Embiid himself could drag a bunch of games, but it's, it, they could be the fourth, third team. And that this might be the kind of leap year, right? It makes sense in their progression that they kind of take it from the four or five seed to a top three seed. So maybe there's really, maybe they win, I don't know, 55 games or something kind of crazy like that. Well, hey, after this stretch that potentially goes poorly to open the season, we'll see. Charlotte, who stinks? San Antonio, who probably mm-hmm. will think, depending on what Are we sure? Know. Maybe Wembley would be amazing. <laughs> and yeah, Utah, who is as good as the Pacers. All at home. Three straight wins for me. Five and three for me after eight games. Ooh, I am, three uh, straight wins? That's, that's Yeah, I think they're going to be better than all those teams. And they're at home. And none of them are back-to-backs. Oh, wait, the Charlotte game is a back-to-back, but I still think they win that. Yeah, that's the mm, – I think they – I'm going to pick beat Charlotte, lose San Antonio – uh, beat Utah. I'll give you a little. What did Wembenyama enjoy or Adam Friedman with a, a bull? I don't know. Team? I mean, I don't think San Antonio is going to be as bad as they were last year, but I don't Great. know what that means in terms of how like they'll match up. But they're a tough matchup in general, right? They they seem like the depending you know, on the coaching is good, and who knows, Wemby might just have one of those. I don't know. I don't know who would guard Wemby from the Pacers, right? Like is Miles Turner, I guess, or maybe depending uh, if he's a guard. Yeah, he's on the being, perimeter a lot though, so it so could be tough to put you, Turner on. You putting Brown on him then? I'm really trying to think. If he's playing 7-2 point guard. I, then it's, probably Turner. it's probably Turner. Right? Well, it's some combination, right, of that. It's depending on where he moves, but it seems like it'd be Turner. Yeah, <laughs> if they play any non-shooter, maybe you just stick Turner on that guy and then, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, it, it's a, that's, why he, that's why he might become, if he develops, become one of the best person because he's just a matchup nightmare. How do you guard? It's like guarding Kevin Durant with, with three yeah. more inches. <laughs> Or four, I ever told. If he if he take, I just want to see him take the one legged three in Cambridge. There's a chance he doesn't play, as Scott Agnes put it out in his newsletter about the schedule. That is a back to back for the Spurs, um, which is no fun. Hopefully, he does play in his only visit to Indy of the season. Fun stretch after this easy part we just talked about: yeah. home versus Milwaukee, and then two in a row in Philly against the Sixers. Uh, early season Philly. Ah, I'm shrugging if you're not watching on YouTube. I don't know. They can't beat the Bucks. They've never beaten the Bucks. I don't care. They're going to lose to the Bucks. But they like just get back to back. Yes, and it, yes, thank you. It's also back to back, which is tough. And then a lot of times teams split with these teams when they play twice in a row in the same city. Philly should be kind of wobbly, hardened stuff with notwithstanding. So I'll say they win the Sunday one and lose the Tuesday one. But I mean, it could go either way. So I I am with you on this. I think they will split the Philly. Um, Which one are you giving? Are you going to go the opposite one as me? Uh, yes, just just cause. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I will. Uh, I don't know. This is how you beat me? You get just win all these fifty. Well, I think it makes sense, right? You lose the first one on the road, the road game yeah. you should lose, and then you adjust. And you know, Philly. I don't. I mean, like I, that team. I could, yeah, that could be a disaster year for that team. I mean, that could be like MB traded mid season type team if something goes real bad early on for them. So is it too early in the ep- we're, we're 11 games in? Is it too early for me to say the next five games is a crucial stretch for this team? And let me tell you why. They have a five-day gap between that Philly game I just said. That's November 14th. And they don't play till Sunday at home against the Orlando Magic. And they play Orlando, Atlanta, Toronto, Detroit, Portland as their next five. That's a very 
like light schedule. And that is right before a crazy road trip and really tough opponents, basically until after Christmas. They have Charlotte in that mix. I just in Detroit in that mix too. In that road trip. But yeah. Oh yeah. But that's uh, on the road. Dang, another really long gap, but that's the in-season tournaments in that part, too, so we don't even know that part of the schedule. So there's yeah. a lot of travel in there. There's some tough opponents in there. One of the opponents, if they don't make the in-season tournament playoffs, won't be as good by default. But either way, if they don't handle this five-game stretch really well right here, which we have them, you have them at four wins, I have them at six right now, so let's say they're whatever, six and five or five and six or whatever. If they can't handle this and they come out of this and they're like seven and and nine or seven and ten or something, that's that's rough sitting with this tough stretch coming after that. Yeah, but I mean, I guess the question is, are the expectations that high, right? If they're like, they're, like right, they through, have said they have said postseason and playoffs. They've said the p word multiple times. Chad Buchanan has said this summer they want to be better and grow and be in that yeah, mix. And you, they'll you set never, their own expectations. But like when you spend the way they did, yeah, I think there is. But they're not. I guess they're kind of spending, but they're they're like. Barely above the floor, right? I mean, no, not, not this summer. No, they're, like, above, they, they're above it. They're above it, but they're not like they spent more because they kind of had to. It felt like than because they were like, right? I mean, I, like they did, like they sort of like had the money to use, but they didn't like. It wasn't like this is like some kind of like they were like they're spending a shit ton of money, right? They're not in the tax. They're not like they gave Halburn a big contract because they want to keep him, but I'm not sure it's like the money is like that crazy, I guess is what I would say. But I think like we've been in it here, what 20, was it 2017 or I mean, 23, 2019 when remember they started off really slow and they had that, that like players only meeting mid season where it was like, I think it was Thaddeus Young and Old Depot and they turned it around like that. Cause that team had much higher expectations. And I'm not sure like if they're seven and 10 through this stretch, if that's like going to happen, if it's, if it's that kind of disappointment of a season, I guess. Maybe so. And they like, they have three rookies. They'll have, two second year players playing a lot. Right. Like, that's, that's, like they're still young, but I don't know. I think like, especially given the quality of opponents they'll have had through that, whatever this would be 17 games. I think they would expect better than a poor record at that point. Well, I'm, I'm going to say that they are. I say they lose to Orlando win the next four. Wow. Wow. Okay. So you have loss at home versus Orlando. I think Orlando was in good. Atlanta. They come home, beat Toronto on a back to back. Then, okay. You beat Detroit and, or in Portland, that should happen. <laughs> okay. Interesting. Yeah. I, I, think, uh, I yeah. think they lose both of the back to back in Atlanta and then coming home. Cause that's, see, this is why going through the schedule game by game is important to me yeah. versus Toronto winnable game back to back coming from Atlanta third game in, in four nights against a Toronto team that I guess they're going to look different, but still has like rangy defenders and is huge. No way they win that to me. I mean, not no way. That's obviously very extreme. But, like, that's hard. That's a hard game that is against a team that, on paper, they're better than. So that that one is a, swip, a flip one to me. I think they lose both of those. So I'm going with your kind of thought where they lose Orlando. So then I put them at, what, four and eight based on my picking? Right? Yes, but then four so wins then, in a row. Well, that's what I mean. So I think there's some of a kind of like a Thanksgiving sort of kind of nut, nut up time, basically. And they wow. got to win some game, right? And I, I think – all four are very winnable, right? I mean, they're all then sure. neither of those four teams like, wow, they're so much better. Atlanta, I think, will not have a great season. I think there'll be a, some chemistry issues and a just new coach. I mean, well, sort of not new completely, but yeah, yeah, but I know what you mean. I mean, the uh, the Nate McMillan replacement. <laughs> um, I don't know. I just feel like this is sort of the time where they will sort of, like I said, sort of have to write the ship and figure it out and it might just turn to a nice little run here before they head into like what is like what is this six, seven road games in a row. <laughs> 
like a, a deathly yeah. threat. Well, I guess there's a plan, so we don't. Yeah, that, so so by default, I should say, with the in-season tournament, if they don't, don't make the postseason part of it, one of the games is guaranteed to be at home of the two they'll play. One is okay. also guaranteed to be on the road, though. So if they don't make the playoffs, then they are guaranteed to have at least seven of eight on the road. Yeah, <laughs> so brutal. that's brutal. That's brutal. And they're pretty tough. So we, I have them nine and seven. You have them eight and eight. And then here we go. We, I guess I'll call this the start of December, even though the first game is November 30th. At Miami, at Miami, then there's two games that we can't predict because of the midseason tournament. They get out of that at Detroit, at Milwaukee, at Washington, and then straight to Minnesota for a back-to-back against the Wolves to end a very long string of traveling in between games. That's like as scheduled of a loss as you can possibly get. I mean, I think Miami with Dame is going to be really good. I think they can beat Detroit, but who oh, knows? You already, you're already putting him on there? Yeah, I'm putting mine on there. I think they can beat Detroit, but it depends where they're traveling from. They never beat Milwaukee. They can beat Washington, but again, they'll be traveling like crazy. I'll give them the Washington win, but I don't feel great about it. And then all of a sudden, they're at 500 for me with who knows what happens in those two games that aren't scheduled. So you think Dame will be on the heat by this point? Is that what you're just – I'm just sorry. Yes, I understand that correctly. Okay. I'm just making, I'm just making sure. I'm just fine. Um, just because I'm trying to be slightly different, I, I think they oh. win one of the Miami games partially. I, I do think – for the same reason we talked about Philly earlier, I suppose. Well, and so there, I'm trying to remember it last year. They didn't. Miami tends to have not the best regular season, it seems like, at times. Right last year, they won 40 something games. I can't remember on the dot. Was it like 44. 45? 44. Okay, that's close. Um, and I think the Pacers tend to do well in these Miami games. Like I, th- I remember racing game maybe two years ago where Brogdon basically won it for them in, in, in Miami on like a last second shot. Like there's, there's like something about the Miami to so get kind of the team going. I don't know if there's sort of the playoff history from the early 2010s or whatnot. So I think they win one of them. Um, and then I think they lose to Detroit in Detroit because they're, they're not going to sweep Detroit this year just because they don't. That's just how it works. They're not going to sweep Detroit. So wait, time. repeat that. Split Miami. So, which one do they win? So I think they win uh, December 2nd in Miami. Okay. And then lose to Detroit? Right. Yep. Lose to Milwaukee. Washington win, Minnesota loss. Yeah. If oh, I was walking through that. And then there's two two games we can't pick there that will appear. This is a fun heat fact that is I'll explain why it's funny after it. The Heat have made the finals twice since 2016, right? In the same stretch, right? Since the start of the 2016-17 season. They have only won more than 45 games once <laughs> in the regular season. <laughs> they were the like, one seed one of these times, right? Am I they were. They went 53 and 29. That's right. It's a really weak year. They went one seed. So yeah, here's yeah. why that's gimmicky. <laughs> they played 72 games in 2021 and went 40 and 32. And then the COVID year in the bubble when they made the finals, they were 44 and 29. <laughs> so they would have got it in two of those years. But it looks hilarious to look at and go, wow, <laughs> the regular season record never looks amazing, even though they are clearly very good. And if they get Dame, even better. Yeah. And I mean, the Pacers, let's see, right? They split it. They split with the Heat last year. They beat the Heat yep. in, the, in the series during the COVID year. So, like, they're not. Like they do play well against Miami. I mean, it's just a different team, so you never like. It's not like they what that the Heat much, during the COVID year series. Uh, they won two to one in that. Uh, not in the postseason. I'm sorry, in the regular. Oh, the regular. Season. I was like, huh? Yeah, they got stuck <laughs> in the postseason. I'm sorry. I mean, regular season wise, the regular season there. series. <laughs> yes, they won the in season series. They won the in season in 2018, 19. So like, yes. But obviously, you Heat, remember that two one because uh, I was really looking forward to game two because it was going to be. Warren versus Butler after their big in-game scuffle, and it never became a thing till the bubble. Oh God, yeah, <laughs> the, the days nah, it's going way back. Um, anyways, 
Uh, yeah, I don't know. I just think they they somehow in the rest didn't play well against Miami. In the postseason Miami's a different team. This is but in the rest of they are there. I I'm like you. I'm not sure I'm putting Dame on the Heat quite yet. But wow. I mean, it's uh, who knows. I don't know. It seems like it. It's either every day. It's like oh, it's going to happen today, or it's and then it gets keep getting pushed every so often. So I don't know what to believe. Their next stretch, they get back home and they play the Clippers. Then they play the Hornets at home. Then they go to Memphis and then Orlando. So a little bit of, or they're home against Orlando. So short travel for about five days and some winnable games. I think they lose coming home to the Clippers. That's a winnable game, but there's travel coming back. They beat Charlotte and they lose in Memphis. And then uh, tough. I think Orlando and them are really similar in terms of talent this year, but I think they can win both home games. And they just have beaten the Magic like a lot in the last couple of years, even when those teams are similar on talent. Love that analysis for me, don't you? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I'm not even. Sure. I think that's kind of true, but I, I have some memories of losing Orlando games like really stupidly. I feel like um, last year they definitely lost the Pacers one. Magic series, huh? Yeah, you should. I'll, I'll make my picks while you do it. So I, I, I agree. If you lose to LA, I mean, the Clippers. The only thing is, we don't know the Clippers' schedule. I guess could this be a back to back for them? Who knows who's hurt by that point with the Clippers? Because it's always someone. Um, like that, that kind of variable could help kind of them steal a game. But then I would say win Charlotte, lose in Memphis, uh, beat Orlando because I picked them to lose Orlando last time at home. So I don't think they lose twice. I'm with you there. You have win, loss, win there. Okay. Yeah. Which is hard because it is Orlando back to back. It's a Memphis, and then come back to play Orlando at. No, I'm sorry. I have the wrong. It's Charlotte. It's Charlotte, Memphis back to back. Never mind. I look at the days wrong. Okay. The Magic are three and 10 in their last 13 against the Pacers. So it was one of those that Terrence Mann game where he had like a ton of points. Terrence, Terrence Ross, Ross. Yes. Terrence Ross. I'm sorry. That is, <laughs> Wrong that is correct. 119, 118 win. <laughs> I remember that. That really for a one point win. <laughs> that was, I remember being a really dumb game they lost, if I remember right. Uh, before that, it was uh, quite the hot stretch for the Magic against the Pacers, though. Okay. We continue on where we've reached Christmas. What a weird schedule. Fun little stretch here where it starts off nice and easy in Houston and then a bunch of tough opponents. Man, when does this get easy? Because they have a road trip in there in early January. They don't play an easy home stretch until Houston. Yeah. Wow. I mean, that is ridiculous. So this is when things heat up. Do you think they win on the road after Christmas in Houston? Can I ask you what record I have currently for the team? You are. No, no, actually, you can't. You cannot. <laughs> I, went, I feel like I'm at about 13 wins. I feel like you are very there. close to 13 wins. Yes. Okay. I mean, I'm, I'm trying to keep track of my head. You <laughs> you have the actual Excel sheets. You can look at look at yourself. Look at it while you do it. We determined um, before the show that we we can't let our no, right. influence our picks. You're right. I was that 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 was a bad crux. Um, <laughs> I think beat Houston, beat okay. Chicago, lose New York. Maybe lose the next like eight games. <laughs> uh, yeah, that is possible. So three wins in a row. Okay, I'll go win in Houston as well. I think Houston's not going to be as good as people give them credit for. Lose in Chicago and lose in New York. And it's now we've closed out, I'll tell you, they've closed out 2023 and you have them at 15 and 14 and I have them at 14 and 15. Okay, is Houston the worst team in the league next year? Or am I? Not the worst. They'll be better than probably the Wizards. Okay. Yeah, you're Wizards right. Wizards are probably the worst team. But they got better, certainly, but like how much better? I don't know. Okay. Count a lot on Van Vliet. Oh, yeah, that's right. So that should make them somewhat a little better. I don't know. We've reached 2024. Who did this? Who allowed the Pacers to have this January? This is probably their hardest month of the season to me in the totality of their opponents in travel. I'll just read the top two teams in the East right away. I will read their whole January schedule just for fun. 
uh, for this exercise. At Milwaukee, come home versus Milwaukee, then versus Atlanta, back-to-back versus the Celtics, then again versus the Celtics, then the Wizards come to town. At Atlanta, at Denver, at Utah, at Sacramento, at Portland on a back-to-back. Also, that Utah-Denver back-to-back is impossible. No team has ever won that, I think. Um, they always play it every year. Every year they play that at same Phoenix, play. then they come home and play the champion Nuggets, then they play the Sixers, then they play the Suns, then they play the Grizzlies, and go at Boston to close the month. Insane. Ooh. They'll they they they'll be surviving for January. So, right, there's only two non-playoff teams in that stretch, right? Atlanta last didn't make year's it. playoffs, you mean? Yeah, Atlanta didn't make it, and Utah didn't make it. Portland, so, Portland did not make it last year. Oh, I'm sorry, I missed that. Yes, you're right. So it's three non playoff Utah, are there two non playoff teams and Washington? So it's so three. Four non playoff games, basically. So I'll game just go with the wins first. <laughs> okay. Beat Atlanta at home. Beat Washington at home. Uh win in Portland. And beat Memphis at home. That is my only wins of the month. Okay. I think they because <laughs> they can't okay, sorry, for a rationale. Beating Milwaukee's hard. Boston, yeah. one of the games is on a back-to-back. Then that road trip is brutal because of the altitude back-to-back. The Kings-Pacers isn't a rivalry, but it, it, it's, yeah, it's more it's more of a thing. I think the home team wins both of those. Phoenix is going to be amazing. Denver is amazing. Philly's very tough for the Pacers, and beat always kicks their butt. And then they play Phoenix again. And then they're at Boston on TNT, and winning against one of the best teams in the league on the road on national TV is very hard. So I feel like this, this beyond that stretch I said earlier of like, five pretty important games, like this is the month where you'll go, okay, if they survive this month and are in the mix, then they they have a chance to do like something interesting this season. So I'm, I'm going to be a little different because actually I think they'll win the second Boston game. Okay. I think they'll lose both Milwaukee's, Atlanta, first Boston. So that'll be five losses in a row I think I have. Four. Win second Boston, win Washington, lose. I think they beat Sacramento. Okay. I think they Ooh. I think they are literally probably lose that Portland game. Back to back, that's tough. I mean, giving yeah. them a win there is that's but you tough. never know. They, they I think the Sacramento game, I think simply for the and maybe it's the opposite way too, because like Sabonis will come up for the will kind of yeah. play up for the game too. But like I just feel like there's some of that like there is a it's not I know what you mean it's not a rivalry rivalry, but there is because it's like the teams traded their best it's players. It's, yeah, they're it's, always gonna be connected. Yeah, it's like a very high uh, energy. Also, game. sorry, must interject this again. A, a key point of actually doing this exercise that we're doing because it seems insane to run through the schedule game by game. Ba- playing at Portland, they're better than Portland. It's a back to back in the middle of a very long road trip. Yeah, that is a hard game. The even if the Blazers benefit, are not very good. The one benefit of the Kings game is it's two days off in between the Utah. Yes. So they play Utah. Like probably will go to Sacramento, spend two days there, which is. I think God's Sacramento is not like Los Angeles where they would lose because they'd be partying for two straight days. And then, um, so I think that's that's maybe a win. And then you have at Portland as a loss, and then you're off to Phoenix, right? Yeah, lose to Phoenix, lose to Denver again. Do we think Philly is? I don't. Hmm, <laughs> hmm. Is that one game where, like you just like you've lost so many, you got to get up for it? I'll I'll say Philly win, lose Phoenix, lose Memphis, lose Boston. <laughs> How does that sound? <laughs> I mean, that, this is the month. Like, if you're going to point to a month ago, this is where the – and that look, look, I hate to talk like this. This is before the trade deadline. This is before the All-Star break. Like, a lot of what the Pacers season could look like will be talked about because of January. Right? So, like, they're skidding. They're rising. They're in the mix. They're not in the mix, whatever. Like, that is the month where a lot of those conversations I, will really start. I know out. you hate this, but I'm going to ask you anyway. Oh, boy. Who yeah. – Let's say let's say they get to this stretch and finish it. And I don't know what the record is. We probably both have been like seventeen and twenty or twenty 
two, right? I don't know what the what's what's the record you have, Matt. It is between seventeen and twenty-two. Yes. <laughs> well, what's what's the record you you have? You don't you don't tell, tell me mine. What's the okay? Record? Yes, mine is currently uh, eighteen and twenty-eight. Okay, so at this point, who's the most tradable player on the team? Buddy Hill. Yep. Who's second most? Great question, Bruce. So Brown. the Buddy reasoning is not because of anything about Buddy Hill. No, he's good. It's just expiring contract. contract expiring contract. Right. And he can play on a uh, team. Second most, team. probably Daniel Tice. You don't think Bruce Brown? It certainly could be. Right. I mean, that's what I'm thinking. And Here's then, the thing: if they're 18 to 28, like he's probably. I mean, this doesn't. This isn't a necessity, but like, has he been so good that he's vaulted you up a tier? Like, who knows? Yeah, but wasn't he just on a really good team in the playoffs? Was good in the playoffs. Well, like, he was good for the Nets and the Pistons, even when they were not great. Yeah, yeah. But like, he's got that like cachet of like, oh, he, you know, he's on the wrong roster. You put him on a playoff team, yeah. he's gonna be good, kind of thing. Yes, right? and that's a, it's a, yeah. I mean, it, it sucks to think of contracts that you just signed as tradable, but like, it's a pretty tradable contract. Yeah, well, it's, <laughs> also if he stinks, you just you don't pay him anymore. He's it's kind of expiring, and you actually own the rights to him if yeah. not. So it's actually. A- I uh, so expiring like TJ McConnell's also half guaranteed next year, so. Like a lot of veterans are half expiring for them. Yeah, with the and, cap weight is right. They, they wouldn't stretch McConnell, right? They're not going to stretch. No wave. I kind of doubt it, but maybe. Well, right, because that's what that's what the half guarantee is for. You do like that weird thing where you can stretch it yeah, out. Yeah, you three can years, clear right? like seven million of space by getting him. Yeah, but like the way the cap is now, that number is now like I. I, mean, I was looking at the cap. Right, is like Nick, Nick Stauss is still on their salary cap. Yeah, so. Yes, and Montiel's get off what last year finally. Yes. Right? Yes. So like, it, like this is. I was actually going to say this. This is one of the wildest Pacers stats possible. Monte Ellis and Tyrese Halliburton were on the Pacers books at the same time for part of what's so deal with for like that's it was, crazy. Because Monte was well, you cut him mid year, so you got the two years, but you only owed him like nine million bucks. You stretched it out over five years. Yes, <laughs> I think was yes. the number. It's crazy because he had a player option, but the the guarantee date was, was before the option date. So well, remember they was, cut him and signed Lance, right? I think that's yes, sort of what the did. move was, and they were much better all this time. <laughs> it's yeah, that's a very unique contract structure, but uh, a non guaranteed yeah. player option. Very odd. is is Monte Ellis the worst rated signing on the team has in the, at least the last 10 years. Anyways, um because Tyreek Evans at least was like not more than a year. Um, that's year. a pretty bad yeah. one too. Um yeah, okay. I think we got through January, right? So I I think you have 1820 and I'm sure I'm right around that number. So this is not looking like a playoff team at the moment. They they they'll know like they can look at their schedule and go, yeah, it's easier from here. Like and it is. They're right. But reality is reality at some point and the deadline is a deadline <laughs> by default. So Maybe they're better than that. Maybe they're not. Maybe they go on a little run before the all-star break because from this point where we are, they had eight games before the break. Right. Another, yeah. Another, and the question another important stretch. I wonder here too, like does Mathern have a have a sophomore slump as a seniors? Because that seems to be sort of the NBA trend, right? As most guys second years or just after a high first year, they have a down. He kind of had a slump anyway, second half of the season, so maybe he's okay. But like who is gonna be the other guy that really popped for this team to help them? Get above, right? I mean, I guess Halliburton, Nemhard, Toppin, somebody, somebody, somebody's could. gonna have to, right? But like, if, if it's just Halliburton again, I'm not sure he can drag them to the number of wins. Like, at this point last year, right? They were like, 23 and 18 or whatever, and he doesn't really have that ability. I think based on this schedule to carry them to that number this year. So that that month will be huge if they can pull off a like even three wins in that month that are like unexpected or you know, against a team that is considered better than them. For me, that would be 21 and 25. Like, that's a team you can stick the course with and feel good about where you are just because your schedule's been hard to that point. Well, it's the kind of thing where if you're a playoff team, you go on a West Coast trip and you don't get completely smoked usually. Right. Win. And last year, last year, remember they were 23 and 18? 
Huge win against the Lakers. Nemhard hit that buzzer three. Huge win against Golden State on that road trip, right? Those were huge wins for their season and trajectory up to the point of how. Yeah, no, those, those were games I bet we both had wrong on the schedule. <laughs> oh, let, if only I could easily check that. <laughs> I'm assuming we did. I mean, yeah. Uh, at Los Angeles Lakers, you predicted a win. I predicted a loss. At oh, Golden nice. State, I got that. At Golden State, we both predicted a loss. Because I definitely could have predicted Andrew Nemhard having an insane game against the Lakers, <laughs> hitting a game winning shot in the last, you know, <laughs> and over it, LeBron. And that was the difference of, of you winning and losing. Because if you asked me last year, I would have said, Andrew Nemhard, that guy's going to be a, a, a solid, <laughs> yeah. like, the rotation kid player. That would be in the rotation. Yeah, he'll be the, the second round the, pick the or whatever he was, late first, whatever he was. I definitely going to be in the rotation. I definitely guarantee that, like, right now. So post that brutal month, fun times. They come into February at New York versus Sacramento at Charlotte versus Houston. And they'll be very happy to see that stretch of four winnable games. And then they play Golden State on February 8th at home, who should be good. But that is a back-to-back for the Golden State Warriors. So potentially a winnable game there and a chance to, again, if they can survive uh, January looking good, a chance for them to add some cushion to their schedule. What do you think they do in that five-game stretch? Do they get a win in New York? I feel like a lot of teams it's sort could. of like it's like a it's a big moment. People love playing a mask regarding. Um, I think I'm gonna go win against the Knicks, lost Sacramento on the back to back, beat Charlotte, beat Houston, lose Golden State. I think Golden State probably still wins that game. Beat Charlotte. I, I assume Houston. somebody goes it's gonna I guess could oh. lose Golden State. Who who does Golden State play before the Pacers? Let me be clear about the Warriors schedule leading up to this. In Brooklyn on the Monday, okay. in Philly on Wednesday. At Indiana Thursday, and it's their last game of a five-game road trip. That should be a win for the Pacers, actually. So I'll go Pacers. Win. I agree. Just I agree. especially because like they're not. Like, I will share you every step. Actually, man, that, it depends on how January goes, but I think they can legitimately win all five of these. I don't know. New York's good, but the, yeah, like, I think they I, lose so, one in New York, Sacramento. I'll just pick them to win in New York. I'll, I'll, you know what? I haven't given them a good run all season. Oh, that's just stupid. I got to use actual analysis. All right. Loss in New York for me, and then they win the next four. I like how you talked yourself out of that right. I did. I did. I did. Really, I'm going to do this. No, I'm not. No, I'm not going to do it. Because I think Sacramento, the, the, I said this earlier, I think the home team wins both. Is it possible that the Knicks-Pacers rival, rivalry becomes a revived thing? Maybe. Zerbiak started it. Team USA has got Pacers fans talking about this, Brunson, Halbert, and stuff. I don't think it's going to be a rivalry, but maybe. Maybe. Yeah, I mean, I assume the Knicks are probably going to get the next superstar. So that's that is all, very possible. I would guess they're. <laughs> they're I would assume, possible. but because it's because they finally shown some promise as a decent team. But they got. Let's you know. get to the All Star break. Three games at New York, at Charlotte, at Toronto. I will say that, that look, there's their Knicks win. They're feeling good, and then win in Charlotte, loss in Toronto. I will pick loss in New York, win in Charlotte, loss in Toronto as well. All right. We have reached the all-star break and we are past the trade deadline. So that is also important to note for the remainder of the games. Uh, Adam has them at 23 and 31 and I have the Pacers at 24 and 30. We are like (laughs) neck and neck last year. You were way lower on them than me. Yeah. So Uh, now the question becomes is what teams are tanking this last 30 games? Cause that's, this is the time when if you like are surveying the playoffs, you can like go on a real kind of run. And I call the dog okay, but also, also they have a their post break schedule is pretty easy. Like if, if they have a slightly better well, yeah, record, they played all the tough teams already. Yeah, they they played all the good teams like nine times. I know they're they, they have a very solid post also break schedule. So if they're still in the in the mix, 
that is encouraging to me. That means they have done well against good competition and can do sh- good things. They come out of the break, four at home, Detroit, Dallas, Toronto, New Orleans. They could legitimately win all four of those, right? Yeah, New Orleans. Yeah, I mean Dallas will be Dallas is decent, I guess maybe. That's true. They lost uh, at home to Dallas last year. Yeah, I mean I guess the question is, but has Kyrie completely blown the team up with his? antics um uh and then the pelicans you know i hey, think or, or has he successfully recruited lebron to dallas by then to be clear that was okay. a joke. all right i'm not even gonna take that seriously <laughs> to be honest. Um, i'm just gonna ignore it <laughs> um uh, i i uh, will go i will go mm, do, i'll go back-to-back wins dallas toronto i said it before the show i think the back-to-back thing's a little bit more overrated than it's all right it's a little so like, four wins overrated. four wins no, I, I think they lose one of the New Orleans games. Um, I'll pick they lose the one in New Orleans. So I think they win the first three after the break and go to New Orleans and lose. That's all. Well, they play Detroit in their first game after the break. And you didn't give me that one. Did I, I miss? Oh, I'm, oh, Detroit. So I'll pick them to win their first four and lose to New Orleans. I, I did the same thing. Great. We're in um, March now, and their March schedule is not as hard. This is the opposite of January. I'll just read their whole March schedule again because it's maybe their easiest month of actual points. There are some road games in here, but at New Orleans, at San Antonio, at Dallas versus Minnesota, at Orlando, at OKC, home against the Bulls, Nets, Cavs, at Detroit, at Golden State, at Lakers, at Clippers, at Bulls versus Lakers. That's a very manageable month. Well, if this was in January, it literally could change the trajectory of their season just because of the order of the games. <laughs> so they only get one Lakers game. And obviously, the other game is maybe would be the Lakers game of the other two, but that's the way this could have shook out. Am I- maybe so. Maybe so. Right, because there's two games they don't play, and it looks like that seems to be like the Lakers is one of them. No, I said Lakers both in that month. Sunday, March 24th, and uh, Friday. Okay, I was, oh, I see. Yeah, I'm sorry. I was just... Mm-hmm. So, so who are the... Maybe you don't know this. Are there, who are the two games they would... Like they don't it's got to the- be East teams that could be a team you play three or four times. It just has to be. Okay, so it's just... Okay. Yep. That makes sense. Okay. So I will go... This is... a an interesting little stretch of five games with travel between all of them, San Antonio, Dallas, Minnesota, Orlando, OKC, no back-to-backs. I think they win it. San Antonio's going to be in tank mode here. Um, so I think they win in San Antonio, lose in Dallas, beat Minnesota, and then lose the last two. I'll pick loss in San Antonio, loss in Dallas, win against Minnesota, uh, win against Orlando, loss Oklahoma City. And then where'd, where, where'd you end up ending? Uh, I stopped there. So Okay. Yeah. So- yeah, nice. <laughs> All right, let's just get to the road trip. So home Bulls, home Nets, home Cavs, what you got? No back-to-backs. Bulls win. Nets are probably tanking at this point. Well, no, they don't have their pick. No, right? I don't think they are because they don't have their own pick. Their pick, right? So then, but I, don't, I mean, that weird situation where, like, they just weird, aren't good they don't have their own pick, but, like, you still want to play your young guys at some point. Yeah, well, that's, right? Like, we've been here before the Nets where, like, they didn't have their picks in the mid-2010s. They were still kind of – but they weren't, like, that good still. Yeah. Like, yeah. I think they had once in a they made they were, like, the eight seed maybe. I think they were, like, okay. Um, I'll put win against Brooklyn. I think okay. I think lost against Cleveland. Um, okay. And then them were on the – what, a five-game road trip. before the road trip. Yep. Yeah. I say beat the Bulls, lose to the Nets, and lose to the Cavs. So you, so you think they get swept by the Cavs? I sure guess one more game left, but so far. Uh, well, the, the look the April, look the end of April games are just guessing. <laughs> like who yeah. knows what these teams are doing? Um, but yeah, I mean the Cavs are a tough matchup for them. They have been for years. Yeah, no, that's fair. 
You're right, though. I didn't realize I was that low on it. They have a little road trip after this. Four in a row, five in a row on the road. And then if you count the game coming home, playing the Lakers, there's some travel. There's also a back-to-back on this trip uh, in L.A. and in L.A. So it's a back-to-back, but a non-travel back-to-back, which is pretty nice. That is convenient for them. At Detroit, at Golden State, at L.A., both teams, and then at Chicago. I think they win in Detroit. I think they win... That might be it, honestly. The fifth game of a road trip is super hard. Both LA teams are good and should be trying at this point. I think they just beat Detroit on this trip. I think they beat Detroit. I think they beat the Lakers again at home. Whew. Or in, 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 in LA. Love I love it. So you got Detroit to win, a win as well. Okay. Uh, and then I think they lose the other Los Angeles game because um, the back to back. And then okay, let's just, that'll end up March. I think they beat the Lakers at home. Oh, then at March, I think, yeah, I think they lose to the Bulls and beat the Lakers. Perfect, perfect, perfect. We've reached April. Pacers chasing a playing spot, and neither of us have the record quite in a position. Yeah, uh, what's the record now? Be there. What's the, what's no, the no, I will not tell you until we're done. I will not tell you until you we're told done. me already a few times, but okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, there's only seven yeah. more games, so it's a little different. But their close is pretty easy. Two Brooklyn games: OKC versus Miami, at Toronto, at Cleveland versus Atlanta. Um, and there is no back-to-backs in that stretch. I will just do the first four of these. So Brooklyn, Brooklyn, OKC, Miami, with the second Brooklyn game being on the road. I actually think they'll win all four of those. This, Miami is set at this point, is my guess. Yeah, the Brooklyn always worries me just because they're like so they're not going to be tanking. So do they actually just True. deal True. with the young guys? But I, I think I'll, I'll follow your lead. I will go. They win all four. I mean, there should be better than the Nets and as good as the Thunder. And then Miami is just blech at this point. So. Yeah, who knows? Where, I mean, they, they could be competing for the one seed or they could be the nine seed. I don't know. I, it could be anything. Who knows for them? I actually also intentionally made you do those four games so I could bring this up. Their last three at Toronto, at Cleveland versus Atlanta. What are the odds you give me that any one of those games has a big, big, huge seeding implications involved? The odds of it? Yeah. So that's it. Like I mean, Eastern play Conference, in, playoffs or play-in, seating implications. Okay, so the play-in comes because I think Atlanta will be in that play-in. I agree. I, so I think, and, and I, I think Toronto. I, think I don't think they will be, but they could be. Like, there's a chance it's a very important. Yeah, game. I think Toronto and Atlanta's games will have some will matter. I think maybe, maybe Cleveland is you know locked into whatever seed three four. Spot, I agree. But, That's important. To what I was about to say. So yeah. So maybe they my predictions Cleveland. will be losing Toronto, beat Cleveland because they're locked in, and then beat Atlanta to close out the season. I will pick them to win all three. Ooh, I have an incredible streak of them closing out yeah. the season last year. Adam, Adam has the under five hundred Pacers closing out an eight game streak. I have an eight. No, I picked them losing to one to Brooklyn, didn't I? Did I not? You did. Which one? The in Brooklyn one, right? Never mind. You. Right. Yeah, I don't think I did, but let's say I did. <laughs> in, in, no in Brooklyn. Win. Well, that's actually funny. All right. Where do you think you ended? 30, 35 and something. 40 36. and 40. Oh, four, that's what I thought would happen. All right. 40 was... and 40. I have 39 and 41. And remember, there's two flex games yeah. that we don't know. So the reason uh, my, that my win total prediction has been about 41. But they actually have some tougher back-to-backs against crummy opponents that kind of influence. Like, that is why I think this is so – I know I've said this a million times, but – that is why I think this is so important. Like just to see that on the schedule go, oh, wow. You know, when they play Toronto at home, that's a game you'd think they win. That's a back-to-back. When they play in Portland, a game you'd think they would win. That's a back-to-back, right? In Minnesota, is it like all these games that are like 
kind of 50-50s have kind of gone against them in terms of being back-to-backs this year. And some of a lot of them are travel back-to-backs. Like, that's tough. That's just something that makes your schedule harder, even though it's in total not that hard on paper. Yeah, the other thing is that... Both injury, of their home Toronto games are back-to-backs. Sorry. The other thing is that injuries and, like, fortunate timing on other people's back-to-back schedules also play a lot more effective yes. than I think we're able to even... We can't print injuries now, and I, it's hard to look at every single right there. They're back-to-backs. Um so that, that can really kind of throw things. I mean, right. We, if, if, you know, if I don't know if Paul George is hurt and during the Clippers game, both of them all of a sudden, right. That's wins. Or if Embiid is hurt and there's no hard in Philly, all of a sudden it goes from being like, Oh, they might maybe they get one of the four against Philly to like, Oh, they might get, they could win all four. Right. Like there's things like that, that can break their way. Like maybe, I mean, if Giannis hasn't played a few times as a Patriots, but they still lose Milwaukee. So that probably won't matter. But like those kind of things can factor in. So I, that's the one thing where I like, it's hard to predict right now because you just don't, no, who's healthy? We both just predict they go one and one in the in-season tournament to make this easy on ourselves. Yeah, so it looked like right last year, forty games was the last playing spot, right? Uh, that's correct. Yes, the Bulls. That was, so that still put them probably in that same range. I think I, when I looked at the they go one and one, you'll have them as a five hundred team, and I'll have them as a forty and forty-two. And that's probably on the border. Maybe it depends on what other teams. I, th- I think there were like yep. six teams in the East that had like over forty-four win totals, and then there's like five that were in the 35 to 38 range so yeah. like that's about tracks <laughs> right yeah i but this is where i predicted they would be so it feels good to get through it and go okay yes that feels right it is in line with what makes sense so my biggest takeaways from actually doing this again i learn a lot doing this and I, I hope people understand that they're back-to-backs while there are few are hard um they're they have a very important five game stretch early in the season uh from orlando through through Portland in like mid to late November. I'm actually going to highlight that. So I'm going to talk about it during the season and their January is insane. That's my biggest takeaway. Yeah, they, had, they, if they can survive January, that, that like might up my projection by like four or five wins just because of the effort they'll give down the rest of the season. Is there any team you think that will like, is we think will be good this year right now that also like you, that will have like a fall off here, I guess like a fall off here. Just like in the East, bad? is there any team in the East? Like a, like does Boston all of a sudden, I'm mean, they're not going, I don't think that's the right pick, but like does is there a team that was really good last year? Like, oh, they're not going to be actually not going to be that good this year all of a sudden because oh, hmm. I mean, the like, maybe not like that. not that good, but fall from like a top three, four seed to a seven, eight seed. I guess no, I don't think that'll happen. Yeah, I'm trying to think. I think the only team that falls out of the top six is Brooklyn, and that's for obvious reasons. Yeah, I mean, right, the Knicks maybe. I mean, there that's the one I could maybe think of yep. just because yeah. Randall's every other year player, right? Like they were the four seed one year, and then they were not good the next year. So like maybe, but yep. I mean, I guess Philly is the answer if there's a whole bunch of drama and everyone gets traded. Um. But like it seems like Milwaukee, Boston, and Cleveland are going to be pretty good because they're. So the teams the Pacers were as good or better than last year, right? Washington, Orlando, Charlotte, Detroit. They should be better or as good, at least in Orlando's case, than all those teams again. So it's can they catch a yeah. Toronto, who well, should be worse? They lost Fred VanVleet, a Chicago, an Atlanta, a Brooklyn, right? That will be what defines this, and those teams might have different schedules. So well, like that's the question: is, what, is there a team that um, does the opposite and that you know becomes the up and coming team? Right? Does the ma- are the Magic the team that finally, with all these picks and all these years of sort of pop and become you know the seven seed going to the playing right. game? I guess like that's that's the thought. Yeah, there's only or one team that, that surprises, maybe. but by default, if you can predict the team that's going to surprise, then they're not a surprise. Yeah, <laughs> so. well, maybe the Pacers are that team to be honest. Maybe they're the team of you know they were in 2017-18. Yeah, and well, they're always there. Usually, is each year in at least one conference one team that's sort of the up and coming, and maybe it's Oklahoma City out west because that's also the same. Could be Detroit. Kind of it's awesome. Yeah, yeah, with Detroit, I don't know. I don't know. 
Cade I don't know why I can't get my mind around Detroit being good, but I just can't for some reason. New coach, Cade's a beast. I don't know, man. Yeah, you know, you're right. They have the number one, the number one pick who we all mm. thought was really good and probably will be really good if he stays healthy. So, yeah. We'll see. My favorite show. I learned a lot. And now when people ask me for my win total, I can give them a specific number, which is funnily enough, the number I've already been giving people. So <laughs> I didn't even mean to do that, but hey, here we are. Uh, with the in-season tournament games notwithstanding, Adam, good to have you back. Yeah, you don't tweet fun. about basketball. What if people wanted to find you talking about basketball? Where could they do so? On this podcast when I talk with you, I guess. Maybe about the only place. <laughs> You'll be back for your favorite show, Game 1 Overreactions. Which is win this really year. hard for me to do. I hope they win this year. It's really, <laughs> really not fun when they lose. Yeah, there was one year. Remember they beat Brooklyn. They won like they scored 140 points. They scored like 145 points. <laughs> great, it's a great game. And they last year was hard because they lost and gave up a. They gave up like 140 points, right? Yeah, that sounds right. Didn't they lose the first year under um, Yorkran too? And it was like a pretty like bad game. Like they were should have won it. They yeah, well, they remember they lost the first game and then they still started eight and three before they traded depots. So they were like looking good. Oh yeah. Yeah, well, that was a disaster. People throwing around the word genius. Oh, man. What a year. Yeah, well, that was like, there was so much hype around. <laughs> what a great day. I can delete the old Pacers schedule tab from my uh, good old. Yeah, old well, I, I wonder how you feel because you now have to finally get get one of these schedule shows. You know, if you don't have, if I went three in a row, I mean, that's like, you might as well just give up. You probably won three of the four. I I, I don't think we kept track. I think we've done this before. We just didn't keep track till two years ago. You know, <sighs> stupid. So, so tough. You're, you're not winning. It's you're juicing balls or something. I don't know how you're doing it, but you're cheating somewhere. Yeah, you like rigged that last, like you know the beat ups commercials, right? Where they like have the sprinklers come up yeah, and yes, play. You, you did something in MSG to end last season to, to put that on top. I don't know what you did. I, I bet you I also won that year where Sumner hit the game winning three in Atlanta, where like it was like the third screen. Oh yes, you told it. Oh my god, I forgot. I bet I bet I won that year. I don't know if I actually did, but I yeah, bet they won I did the last game of the bubble, and TJ Leaf had like twenty something points. Oh, you told. Oh, Oh, the bubble. What a time. What a time. (laughs) The bubble. Uh, Tomorrow, wrapping up, talk about non-World Cup FIBA play. So Buddy Heald's end of his run with the Bahamas. Tyrese Halliburton's USA Basketball Showcase. Daniel Tice with Germany. Plus news. The Pacers signed somebody. For example, we'll get into some Darius McGee talk and much more. There's been a lot that's happened in the last week of Pacerland. Another player interview coming later this week, although my schedule is going to be wild for reasons I can't control. So we'll see when the dates are, uh, what the day off is. So we'll see. Thank you all for listening today. We'll see you soon.